0: Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the markets as well as in life. Hosted by Corinne, Claire and Alexandra, who come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, spirituality, yoga philosophy day trading, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore a different aspect of the economics of the markets from following Bitcoin to more complex topics like blockchain governance and decentralized finance. But we don't just stop there. We also examine and discuss the astrological implications of these topics, exploring the different zodiac signs, the houses, the moon phases, and how they might approach financial decision-making and investment strategies. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is a podcast for you. So sit back, relax, maybe take some notes and come expand your consciousness with us through the world of the financial markets with an astrological lens.
1: Okay, oh. good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good, morning. good evening. And good evening for Claire. <laughs> We've switched times around. <laughs> 808 a.m. in Florida.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: 808. 8. Yeah, 808. 8. Um, how has the, this past uh, half
2: moon cycle gone for you, ladies? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good actually. But mm. I, I I love a new moon. I love new moon energy. Mm. And I I also really love that energy of the Taurus new moon that you know really about your surroundings and that kind of like comfort, luxury. It's totally my vibe. I love it. So um preparing for the Sagittarius full moon.
1: Oh, uh, your full moon. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love new moons too. I know that they affect obviously everybody different. This new moon, not gonna lie, it's probably the Taurus energy. It's got me shopping. <laughs> 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 I um have yeah bought various uh, material things
2: that I normally would refrain from, but I'm like, you know what? I just Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I may I may be distorting Taurus energy, but like that's what I think it's about. It's like treating yourself, pampering yourself. I love that.
0: Yeah. That's exactly how I felt with this moon as well. Just like treating yourself. And then like I feel like I always say this in every episode, but I like let go of so many things in my bedroom and just like reorganized my crystals paintings my plants even like downstairs I like reorganized and refined all the energy so it was a lot more of this like stable clean clear very nice feeling and like my dog got a lot of spa days like a lot of brushing and like <laughs> feel, I was feeling very called to pull out like old jewelry and wear it you know what I mean
1: <laughs> I don't you know.
0: know that's awesome
1: yeah it's definitely a. Uh... A self-love uh, in a luxurious way period and also I don't know about you ladies but for me like Mars going into Leo like mm. and I have to use the word motivation even though I don't love that word but it's been like this like fiery spontaneous like motivation to just get stuff done and mm. I'm like do this and let's do this and let's do that like my schedules are like back to back and I'm like excited about it you know
2: yeah yeah I love that energy
1: yeah it's it's a it's a it's refreshing after all the chaos and release Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff that we went through with eclipses and mercury retrograde and now it's like oh all right we're kind of back we're kind of yeah back.
0: It was like we're going forward again it's like how much like deep reflection can we go through like okay eclipse like bringing all these old wounds up like redealing with things like thanks I get it but now it feels good to be moving forward and having like full schedule or having like just creative ideas be abundant again it's like step uh, tapping into like abundance again at least for me creating like more content yoga content uh learning new things it just feels better yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. agreed and um just looking at how bitcoin has been feeling um really this past, you know, moon phase um, or half moon cycle, you know, we had on the 5th of May that full moon and the Scorpio uh, lunar eclipse. And again, you know, Bitcoin didn't really have that more significant drop that I know a lot of us expected or whether it was going to be a drop or, you know, a push up. Bitcoin did end up dropping about 10%. Um hmm which is still relatively significant, you know, but just not as much as we expected it to. And then literally as soon as we got out of Mercury retrograde on the 14th, I just feel like it started this like new consolidation period. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we dive into some of the astrology that's coming up now as we head towards this full moon in Sagittarius. And then, you know, as we release this podcast, we will be, headed towards then the new moon in Gemini but I just feel like it's just consolidation period for now we're just we're just chilling trying to figure out WTH is gonna happen in the world
2: I know is America gonna default on their debt that's what I mean that is it it. so annoying though because it makes the market so annoying to trade it's just like such a time of like ambiguity and what have you but um yeah hopefully they will just kind of decide to raise it like we know they are going to do anyway and um just make that news public
0: yeah the drama you like, like intense it just yeah I feel like,
1: I feel like it's like can you just stop with the drama like we already know what you're gonna do it's like a Leo throwing a hissy
0: fit housewives of dc right exactly (laughs) real politicians
1: literally
2: that's what i feel like but we'll see what happens yeah i mean they could surprise us all and voluntarily default on their debt but i think it's highly highly unlikely Mm and um you know so but you know, the drama goes on. The only thing that annoys me about it is just that it makes the markets really choppy to trade. So, um, you know, you're right.
1: I have definitely had to go back to much smaller time frames, trading, Mm -hmm. like scalping, a lot more scalping rather than maybe longer um, trades just because of the nature of the market. And I feel like a lot of people have gone back to that. um, Yeah. Yeah. make a living out of trading or want it to be a significant part of their income it's just the nature
2: of the markets right now so yeah it is it and gold had a big um new moon experience i guess you could say um, yeah, um up, up just up after up. the new moon it really had kind of big move
0: down yeah um, so interesting the dollar's getting pushed up Um, I felt it last night I was in the bath and I'm like sell gold on a small lot now and I'm like okay we're glad that we listened to the intuition yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have lower levels marked up as well so we'll see
1: oh girl um I do feel like and we may have spoken about this on the last episode um, and I feel like it really aligns with some of the energies that we were talking about for our, ourselves at a personal level, I feel like that this new moon, one we just had in Taurus, was really like this significant turning point um, for not just us and the world, but like Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. On the yes. 20th, which was the day after the new moon, there was some insanely, incredibly good at a financial astrology level um, aspects that came into play and that are associated with bigger planets so are really going to start lasting um, during this next period. Like a lot happening even around Uranus. Uh, um, so Uranus, sextile Uranus. So Uranus trine, the sun. Um, and even with Jupiter trine, Pluto which is all about like increasing your power and influence over your success. And this is all for Bitcoin, of course. So I just feel like this is the start of really, really good, positive things for Bitcoin. So, you know, we're here talking about, oh my God, like the debt ceiling's about to get hit on the first (laughs) of what's going to happen and all of this stuff. And I'm like, I think for Bitcoin overall,
2: I'm like, screaming yay this is such good news yeah I agree with you I and I I know we're going to dive into a bit more of Pluto and you know people that listen to this podcast must just think we're obsessed with Pluto but I really do think that (laughs) it's such a, a pivotal planet for Bitcoin the death and destruction because Bitcoin is just such a disruptor and um, so it's really fascinating to see and um, yeah and also after we recorded our podcast and after the new moon we also saw you know we'd been talking about our last podcast 10th house things to do with politics and leadership and everything like that and we had the bitcoin conference we had a president presidential candidate from the democrats we had a presidential candidate from the republicans or at least a politician from the republicans and then telsey gabbard also who's a um, who's an independent. So I just think it's incredible that we're having these. So if you had said that a couple of years ago, that there would be politicians that were one of their talking points in their campaigns was Bitcoin. I mean, it probably would have seemed pretty unbelievable, but we're, we're at that point in history now, which is
0: so exciting. It is. Agree. And then I, the conference was over the new moon. Or, um... mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was the same. I love that. It was like kind of planned out really perfectly. New moon in Taurus, Bitcoin conference. Um, Yeah. 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 Very uh, Pluto in Aquarius, the light side of it at least. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Even though, and maybe we should already just start talking about that. Pluto is not going to be in Aquarius much longer. We are reverting Mm to that. We're currently in retrograde and we are retrograding back to Capricorn, which we've had around for quite some time. Really Mm. we've had, we have, we have had Pluto in Capricorn for majority of Bitcoin's life. When Bitcoin Mm. was born, let's say um, Pluto was already in Capricorn. So Pluto even shifting into Aquarius was something new for Bitcoin, a new beginning for Bitcoin. Um, That's why we've spoken in the past about this really being a preview uh, for Bitcoin. But that's about to end for now. We'll see it again in 2024. Um, So the 11th of
0: June is our date. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It'll be good. I think. Um, I think people. I mean, I would love for people to start to reflect, like what structures in uh, in the financial world are really, or just in your personal life too, are no longer working. What is no longer in positive support for humanity, right? And all the stress with the debt ceiling being raised and all these strange AI. Um, things that I've been seeing coming out I do want to share so I think well hold on before I go into a story about what I saw on the internet about AI the ethics like what are the ethics of these changes and how do we feel about them on a personal level you know I feel like Pluto and Capricorn people will maybe be able to reflect on that or if you're listening to this podcast I invite you to reflect on that Um, but I saw something it was like AI in how it's developing in China. So it was a elementary school and these students are required to wear this like headset that monitors your brain waves and it monitors like your focus, how many times you get distracted. I think it monitors like your eye movement, which is something to do with like EMDR and psychology, but essentially like China's using that to create more intelligent students a better school system but it's very like i think it's just very personally invasive and that makes me question you know ethics what yeah. do you guys think
2: yeah absolutely i mean the ethics it's really about who's training the ai i mean that's that's what it is and i i kind of think a lot about even our current school system you know we've We and all of this, you know, things that have come from that were really established in the Piscean age. Like, I see a lot of these structures that were really established in the Piscean age. You know, Pisces has this kind of illusionary quality to it, and um, a lot of these structures which we have seen as beneficial to humanity, um, you know, that kind of illusion is dissolving. Like, in terms of education, um, Mm -hmm. like. When I went to university, I studied journalism, but education was the easiest course to get on. These are the people that are educating the new, the next um, the next generation, even, you know, in some contexts, our healthcare system, you know, we have a really evolved healthcare system in many countries in the world, yet we're not healthier. We have a really evolved education system, whereas we're getting dumber. I think it's like, um, yeah. for. Or something, four, four points Mm -hmm. um, of IQ we reduce every year. And um, you know, even we have a really obviously established financial system, but the discrepancies between the wealth discrepancies are getting broader. So it's like I feel like all of these kind of illusionary aspects of these structures that we've built during the Piscean age are really going to come to the forefront. And, you know, again, that Pluto energy, that destructive death rebirth energy is like okay mm-hmm. we we've, we've got to deconstruct some things to rebuild um into something that's more ethical and more aligned
0: yes totally yeah. agree with that and it's even like here in the US in like the public school systems especially more in the blue states they have this really like woke agenda where they're teaching like about all about sexual behavior and different genders at like a very young age it's quite disturbing um In my opinion, it's quite disgusting because I view that as very like personal, but it's like the ethics question is coming up again. It's almost like these, um, I don't know if you want to more elite forces that are pushing this propaganda through the public free education school systems. Um, It's like where we really need to, as a society, look at that and say, how is this benefiting anyone? Why are we teaching children this? And like, at least in the communities that I'm connected to and a part of here in Florida, many have pulled their children out of public school and we're seeing these little sub-schools form where it's more about like, it's literally earth school, like how to grow your own plants, how to take care of a garden, like what is meditation? Like what are these basic skills that I think we've talked about in previous episodes that are going to be um, such an asset to have, like connecting to your heart, taking care of the earth. So I'm seeing like little, and that's very um, Pluto and Aquarius too, for the light side is seeing these splits from that like Piscean uh, illusion of these Mm -hmm. systems that you were just talking about, seeing that split and higher consciousness forming. And then we have the exact opposite split, the dark AI transhumanism, um, the brainwashing and uh, the people's uh, humanity becoming weaker Merging with AI tasks, who's programming the AI? And like you said, I think you said this to me, Claire, but people overall, the individual becoming less authentic and less creative mm-hmm. and more heard. So we have like many different things all going on at once. But um, we can bring this back to Bitcoin if you'd like.
1: Um, yeah. But we actually continue on that just because I know, and especially having a lot of international friends, students. Can you please just clear up or really define and explain what is the difference between woke and awakened? Because I know that (laughs) that word is not fully understood, especially maybe for non-Americans.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, So awakened awakened would be like your quote unquote, waking up to your, your patterns that maybe aren't so healthy, um, or the things that you do on autopilot, like maybe you wake up and just look at your phone right away. And you're like, well, that's not helping me, (laughs) you know, so maybe you start to awaken to your habits and patterns. And instead of waking up and scrolling on your phone, you wake up, you know what I mean? And have a, have a meditation, do some breath work, journal your intention for the day, and you start to shift your mindset. So awoke and awakening are all about your mindset. So awakening would be becoming more conscious and taking a deeper responsibility for your actions to live a more well life, to be more well off, to be healthy, to be more connected to spirit, to God, whatever that looks like for the individual. And woke is, I don't even know how that word formed, but essentially woke is like part is like an agenda describes a leftist agenda that is just so, in my opinion, is so incredibly awry to humanity, to how things in America um, really used to be. So... Uh it's really having weak boundaries in your in, who you are, I think. And feel free to like add into this also like woke agenda. It's like
1: Yeah, it was just more just to give a little bit of an explanation because I know sometimes, you know, people be like, Oh yeah, like I'm woke and I'm like, wait a second. I know yes. I've done before i actually understood awakened and woke mm. i just thought that was important as you kind of mentioned that word earlier so i think that was a great yeah. execution. A- a- a-
0: a- yeah it's kind Thank of pushing you. people into this herd mentality to continuously split and you know identify as a victim and blame and um it's it's quite chaotic it's like uh it's like the pooling of the individual self the authenticity of humanity um and i just we're seeing it pushed more in the school systems here in the public school systems free education in this country especially at younger ages so it's like mind mind warping it's definitely yeah. something
2: that's more like um profound in the u.s for sure but i think um it's also a term that's that really started off as something very positive that was that has kind of been hijacked in a way Mm -hmm. because um woke originally was associated with the civil rights movement and um you know it was it was about being woke to you know what was really going on and what was you know how people were being oppressed you know how african-americans in america were being oppressed and so it started off that's where the origin of it came from but um we live in a world you know that human pain and suffering and trauma is political currency and so that's how that distortion of that term i think has kind of evolved
0: yeah well put Yeah. definitely Mm.
2: yeah so pluto back into capricorn moving back into capricorn um, <laughs> <we got> so abstract. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, it's so all related. Actual, it is. It's all, it's is, all
0: related. Yeah,
2: it, it really <laughs> is all related. But um, you know, to really sort of understand its impact, like we consider the nature of Pluto, which has like, and um, you know, and then the characteristics also associated with Capricorn. And we were talking before we started recording that, like, when Pluto first moved into Capricorn it was 2008 and I think that that's you know a date that most people can associate with the financial sector for sure that mm-hmm. year and um, so you know Pluto really has this transformative power and it really represents deep-seated changes upheavals and rebirths And so it's associated with themes like power, control, transformation, regeneration, and the unveiling of hidden truths. So, yeah. And so we really, I feel like we're really seeing that and, you know, it's so painful, but it's so welcomed as well. And um, so Pluto's influence tends to bring about like profound shifts, both personally and collectively. And then Capricorn, Mm -hmm. You know, it's an earth sign. It's associated with structure, organization, discipline and ambition. And it really governs matters related, you know, on a personal level to career, business, authority and long term goals. So, you know, Capricorn is really diligent and practical and focused on achieving tangible results. So when Pluto transits back into Capricorn, It signifies a return of Pluto's transformative energy to the realm of Capricorn's influence. So Mm. this transit will bring forth significant changes in power dynamics within the financial world, governments, corporations, and institutions. So financial systems and structures may undergo deep transformations. Issues like debt, financial regulations, and the distribution of power in economic institutions could really become even more of a focus and because we're sort of retrograding back we've had this period of capricorn sorry of pluto in aquarius which is you know all about again innovation transformation and um bitcoin is such a disruptor to the status quo it was burst out of the financial crisis that you know was in 2008 and um Mm -hmm so it's it's really like i see a um a retrograde energy is like a coming home sort of thing it's like a coming back around and it's giving us that opportunity again to choose again to like remember mm-hmm. the past and make different choices and i i think it's so fascinating because i feel like we are coming into a period of repeating the same mistakes again like we said in the last episode i feel like we're coming into this new another boom bust cycle and um you know money created by the fed out of thin air and pushed through the banking system and you know um so i think it's it's really interesting that we get this opportunity to come back Mm -hmm. around and remember remember the past um, so that we can make better choices in line with the future for what we want to see in the future
1: I think That's exactly- and- oh. okay so I think that um I think that you know what you just said is so aligned as well with what we spoke about in the past episode about yeah. we're stepping into the age of responsibility mm-hmm. like Saturn really moving into Pisces it's like okay, ladies and gentlemen, like time to take responsibility. It's like, if this is a new chance, it's time for us to take a moment, look at what happened in 2008 and how we have just been putting constant band-aids onto the issue. We haven't resolved it. And so now what are you going to do? Like you have this other option. It's time to take responsibility in yourself and your finances And, um, you know, as a, somebody that has a Saturn in Aquarius, I'm like, oh, responsibility, but (laughs) when it comes to finances, it's like, well, yeah, like this is my energy. Like it's such a big part of my, of our life source. So we just need to assess and really start to make some key decisions. And I think that's one thing that's so beautiful about not even just the whole crypto space, but specifically Bitcoin, that it is about taking responsibility on yourself. You know, I just did a session yesterday where I was talking about the importance of taking responsibilities on your private keys. Like, okay, Ledger now in their new Nano X update allows you to uh, opt in to have your private keys, or no, not your private keys, but your seed phrases or recovery phrases backed in case you forget them, lose them. And that just caused a whole big uproar in the crypto communities because they were like, oh my God, you know, Ledger has this backend that they can access our stuff. And it's like, well, they're just giving an option to those people that aren't going to take the responsibility too. And does that mean that then you're not fully decentralized? Maybe. So if you want to be decentralized, if you want to have full custody, it's time to take responsibility. So I think that was a, a key theme. Go ahead, Alexana. You're about to say something.
0: No, I'm glad that you spoke because it it adds so much to this. So, like back to Pluto for a second. If you pull back out and go into the macro, you guys both said really key things. Um, Pluto is all about the evolution of your soul. So if we're going back, like Claire said, and repeating the same things over and over again and Karim, what you said, taking responsibility, learning how to take re- responsibility. Those are things that our financial slave system teaches us like not to do. Like it teaches us not to take responsibility. It teaches us to rely on something. And it's like in this Pluto shifting back into Capricorn, we really have to look at what is, what, ha- what are we repeating again on a personal level, but also on a financial level. Like what habits are we repeating that are not working? And like soul you know, I have a quote that I wanted to share. Um, So it's from the evolutionary astrology book by Jeffrey Wolfgreen, you know, and I'm barely 100 pages into this, this book is like 400, 500 pages, but um, the natal position of Pluto and its south node by house sign aspects to it and the location of its planetary Uh, rulers by sign or house sign and aspects to it correlate to the specific individual soul dynamics, patterns and identity association implied from the evolutionary past. So it's all about like your desires, beliefs, thoughts, perceptions, values, and the orientation to reality itself. And that's what what I see like really coming up. Like we can get easily swept into the drama of, okay, like the debt ceiling's being raised or like the drama of like RFK Robert F. Kennedy Jr. like speaking, you know, at the at the crypto conference. But it's like, and those are these are all like really big key things that we need to look at as society is shifting. But it comes really down to like we need to talk, we need to really deeply think about our values, our desires, our thoughts, perceptions, because like we're we're being asked to evolve beyond this cycle over and over and over again. We're being asked to evolve beyond. So yeah, if anyone wants to add anything to that, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, you're so right. It's just a transformation period. And the more I like through my notes, that's just such a key word that I had for all of 2023. I feel like this year, and we may have mentioned this last episode, you know, at the end of this year, we're going to have in October, the next eclipses. And even every astrologer I listen to is like, we're going to be looking at a whole new world in October 2023, next eclipse season. So transformation.
2: I love it. Yeah. We just need to make sure that we're transforming in the direction that we want to go, you know, because it can go either way. And at the end of the day, we can often look outwards and be like, oh, well, if these people did this or this person didn't do this, you know, we can always look outside of ourselves, but we really have no control over that. So it's really only about aligning to, okay, what what is the world that I want to live in? What is this transformation that I want to live in and how can I align to that? And, um, you know, hopefully other
0: people will, too. That Um, authenticity. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's such a key word is that authenticity. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I that's mean, something. at the end of the day, this
2: moving back into Capricorn is likely to continue to bring out major changes in the financial world, including new technologies, as Alex was talking about AI. Um, obviously, Bitcoin is still considered a new technology and really a decline of old industries and a redistribution of wealth through mm-hmm. a number of mechanisms. And again, it's like, are these mechanisms the ones that we want to see? Because it can be like through government policy, through technological change, or also through financial crises. But mm-hmm. um so it's really sort of how do we work with this energy? It's really just important to be prepared for change. So it's really a time to be mindful of your spending, to invest wisely, like I said, align to the future that you want to see and to protect your assets. Um, I'm like, damn it shouldn't have done all that shopping. <laughs> I just have to, I worked really hard. <laughs> I don't think one is exclusive of the other, honestly. Right. Um, but, but it's also, you know, a time to be open to new opportunities and to embrace change and like be prepared for change so that you can weather any storm and emerge stronger mm-hmm. on the other side, you know, I think that that's really what it's been about is this, you know, building that foundation, even Taurus energy um, that we're just moving out of is, you know, is about building that foundation. So um, yeah, that's where we're at.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I might then just circle back because obviously we're talking here about the, the 11th of uh, June, being when pluto retrogrades back into capricorn and you know as of the date that uh you ladies and gentlemen are obviously listening to this uh podcast episode it's going to be the third or maybe the fourth probably the fourth of june because we have the full moon in sagittarius On June 3rd, it's going to be quite late at night Eastern Standard Time, like 11.45 p.m. or so. Um, And right before that, on the 1st of June, is when we do have this, uh, um, you know, the dreaded debt ceiling date. Now, I was looking at some of the astrology around that day, specifically for Bitcoin and what's going on. Um, And... I always like to look out for when the moon is going through Virgo because Bitcoin does not like the moon going through Virgo. And because the moon is one of the planets that is closest to our earth, it means that it's going to be one of the planets that most significantly uh, affects our emotions. And that's why We're here releasing podcasts from moon to moon, and we're constantly talking about how are you in the full moon? How are you in the new moon? Um, And the same goes for Bitcoin. So, on between the 27th and 29th of May, so right before the famous death ceiling question mark, (laughs) um, that's when the moon goes through Virgo. So, I, I do believe, and it's kind of we're like kind of like duh because as we know that the moon moves from a new sorry as yeah as the moon moves from a new moon to a full moon we know that typically for Bitcoin it is a negative impact usually right with some um then changes in between but Bitcoin is kind of trending down and on the 27th between the 27th and the 29th of may i do kind of see um this negative impact on bitcoin and i also notice that it's um the moon in virgo is in opposition to uranus during this time and uranus is what it's the planet of technology of innovation and opposition is a challenging aspect So that's kind of negative for Bitcoin. And also Uranus is squared the natal chiron of Bitcoin during this time. So um, I thought to share that because I'm thinking Bitcoin is at right now, we are kind of in a consolidation period. I do feel like like we're trending down. We may even have what I feel is going to be kind of like a fake out towards the downside around this period, because even at the full moon, um we normally see local bottoms for Bitcoin. But I feel like that's where, and you know, we've been talking about this, where like things are about to get good for Bitcoin, like it's not all negative because we've been talking negative for so long. And I feel like as of the new the full moon in Sagittarius, there's lots of positive aspects that come about specifically for Bitcoin. So we still have, like I mentioned earlier, we have Uranus sextile Uranus and that's like super positive for Bitcoin. And it's all about like adapting as well to immediate unexpected, unexpected changes. um, And I, to everything that's happening in the world and this is all happening in the 10th house which is in relationship to changes occurring in government politics leadership etc i'm still like waiting for like i don't know i don't want to say black swan event i don't know how you ladies are feeling but i'm just like waiting for some big leader to step up and say something and then Bitcoin's just—it's going to be the news. That's the excuse for it mm-hmm. to just stop flying, right? Could it be
0: June 11th?
1: N- no, I'm it's moon. Moon. What, what was, was that? <laughs> <laughs> Try again. What did
0: you say? No, I said, could it be June 11th? And more people, or I'm sorry, June 1st.
1: Yeah, I think I think more around that time. I'm really looking at the period between. Really, yeah, around the 1st of June, 3rd of June, like at the full moon. I don't think it will happen on June 1st. I think too many of us are kind of waiting for that. Um, And I think that's going to be, you know, that's just, just remember everybody that the news is the excuse, and this is from my institutional or smart money concept traders, the news is the excuse for the institutions to make the moves in the markets. Always. And we already see it all happening in, in the astrology. So I feel like the first of June or the days prior to it are going to be the excuse for Bitcoin to come down and everybody's going to freak out. I think it's going to create that maximum fear that we've been waiting for, but it's not going to stay there for long because if it stays there for long, then people become used to it and start to buy it up. But Let's just say they don't want that. So I feel like just looking at the astrology, it's going to be this quick move down. And then as of the full moon or around that time, it's just looking all positive. And another really key aspect I love here is Uranus trine Saturn. I'm like, it's superhero vibes. It's like Bitcoin's coming to save the day is like what I feel like as I like put my hands on my hips and feel like I have like a superhero cape behind me, that's what gets <laughs> me feeling. <laughs> like, and that's what the, that's what's happening in the full moon and Sagittarius and, you know, with Sagittarius being an incredible fire sign and, you know, it's really that fire sign that, that ends things that like makes it happen, you know, um, the complete submission That's what I really feel like is is happening here. Um, So I'm excited. There's so much I could say around this full moon. There's just so many aspects. The only red flag, and I want to hear what you ladies think about this, but the only red flag that I'm feeling within all of this like positive energy is Venus In opposition to jupiter and i don't think this is going to be an immediate thing but i feel like this is kind of like bitcoin's going to be in like that honeymoon phase where maybe everybody is going to be like yes bitcoin is our superhero i love bitcoin but we know that the honeymoon phase is the easy part and the question around that is kind of like but will it last
2: Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the honeymoon phase lasts. Like I've said before, also, that I've always thought that mass adoption for Bitcoin is really, you know, going to be from pain, you know, caused by Mm. the the current financial system that we all live under. Um, But I think there will be this sort of period of, again, I think that, As we spoke about last time, this boom bust cycle, I think we will get another Bitcoin bull run as well, where people will come back into Bitcoin, you know, at 50K or something like that and start to be interested in Bitcoin again, um, even though they thought it was dead for the last two years. But, um, you know, and so we'll have that honeymoon phase of like, oh, yeah, you know, I can make money in this. But I think Mm -hmm. like the true, like the true adoption from Bitcoin comes on the other side, probably 2026, where people, Mm -hmm. you know, recognize, okay, actually, there is some value to having this, this asset that's outside of the financial system. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that it's, it's all, it's all quite fascinating, just how this sort of works. Like, I don't think that there are going to be really any moves made. I mean, so the debt ceiling, as we've already said, we expect it to be raised. And there's always that question of like that, you know, that's great. Like, that's what annoys me about the drama is that it's like the Republicans and Democrats can go back and forth as much as they want and agree to raise the debt ceiling. But there has to be someone buying that debt on the other side. Right. And so um, if we look at the two biggest holders of U.S. Treasuries, it's Japan and China. And mm-hmm. um you know, China has been selling treasuries and buying gold. I don't know if that's a like, you know, precise trade that they're doing. You know, okay, we'll sell off our treasuries and we'll buy gold. I'm not sure if it's exactly like that. Obviously, that's a simplified view. And then you have Japan, where they have, you know, always previously bought treasuries um, and purposely manipulated their own currency to keep it low to stay competitive in the marketplace to make their goods their exports competitive in the marketplace but there is questions around how long these monetary policies um you know are they doing more harm than good to the country and you know again china has had always had a a massive trade surplus which has enabled them to buy treasuries that's always been the the safest you know it's considered the risk-free asset yield-bearing asset of the world Um, but if these two countries for varying reasons and you know other countries start to diminish their buying then who's going to buy this debt and so therefore then it's left to the U.S. banking system to absorb and you know expand and pump through the system but I don't I don't think we're there yet, but at some point I do wonder, like, how long can this continue on for? Right. When when does the music stop? I don't know that anybody can answer that, but that's always sort of the question that I have around these things as well. So, I mean, so there are going to be different expansions, as we said. But I think in line with what you were talking about as well, with the 18.6 year cycle, Corinne, you were talking about July. Um, you know july 17th we move into aries also coincidentally we have what else is being launched in july fed now system now you know so it's sort of perfect timing i guess they're not going to pump money through their old system they're going to want to you know align with their new system so i think that that's when we sort of really start to see an uptick and then again I think it's in April. um we'll talk about this in more detail on episodes closer um mm-hmm. but in April you were talking about this in in terms of the eighteen point six year cycle as well in aligns with the Bitcoin halving cycle um Bitcoin halving, so I think you know that's when we're gonna see these significant expansions, and that's where people, you know we're gonna be in the honeymoon phase again, as you so beautifully described it. it and um people are gonna get very excited and feel feel rich and things like that. But it's really like I think that adoption for Bitcoin comes out of necessity, um, more yeah. more than more than lovey-dovey feelings of excitement and and making making money in US dollar terms. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. I do feel like, you know, coming into this next, you know, full moon kind of bottoming, let's say, and then headed towards the new moon in Gemini, um, which would be on the 18th of June, that would be kind of like this. I think we might get some sort of, call it a rally. Um, yeah. But again, is this like, oh my God, are we back in the bull cycle? Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But it could be the start of that, that hump that people are like, oh my God, I missed it.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It it could be the beginning of what you're saying really, I think is that like, have a look at this full moon bottoming, because this might be your opportunity before, before the bull run starts to really, to really get in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's so funny? I was actually at Alex's the other day, and I showed her you know on your Instagram when you have like the memories the stories come up, and you can go back and see on that day like one two, three years ago the memories that you have is that just me or do you ladies see that too on your yeah yeah you can see that yeah right and um and I get this um memory of me asking my audience being like do you think so we were obviously in a consolidation period very similar to right now and um and I'm like do you guys think that we're about to go to the moon with Bitcoin or are we gonna pull back to think the range was like 12 to 15k and obviously like looking back at the chart we never went back and hit that 12 to 15k I think this was like 2021 Um, We never went back and Bitcoin started really pushing up. And I was telling Alex, I was like, I feel like this is a sign (laughs) because um, I remember back then, even during a meditation, I was like, oh my God, we're going to go to 8K. I like woke up being like, wait, did we, did Bitcoin hit 8K? And then it never did. And it did go up. So I was like, I really believe in repetitions of cycles. And so- And repetition of emotional cycles. And I love to catch myself out and be like, wait a second, Corinne, like, but how are you thinking and feeling? Um, so yeah, I I just think that this is this is the call at the bottom. This full moon is gonna be the bottom for Bitcoin. And then we're going up suddenly yeah. the moon, but just don't get caught in the honeymoon phase. Be aware of your emotions. And that's why I love journaling uh, a lot, especially during Bitcoin pumps. Journal a lot during Bitcoin pumps. Don't get caught up in the emotions.
2: Yeah. And and also don't get caught up in the idea of like, wow, Bitcoin's going up in dollar terms. Like don't trade your Bitcoin for dollars. You know what I mean? Because it's like there's only 21 million of them and you might need them at some point and um so work out other ways to profit i mean we're not financial advisors so i'm not going to go into those kind of things but work out other ways that you can profit from the top of the cycle and you know on that pullback rather than actually selling the underlying asset you know Mm -hmm. so um i think that that's kind of an important thing to say as well but you know this full moon in sagittarius it's like it's always the culmination or completion of you know energy relating to Sagittarius themes so it's like expansion optimism adventure and higher knowledge so Mm. Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter um you know we've so it's associated again with abundance and financial growth because Jupiter is a planet of expansion and wealth but with a focus on long-term growth potential so really the theme of this full moon is really releasing anything that is blocking you from that so there Mm -hmm. is also a psychological element to that like what is what are your attitudes and belief systems that you still hold about money about abundance about you know security and safety um and really sort of working with those energies to to release that as much as possible so the Sagittarius Full moon can bring forth opportunities for financial growth. You know, it can indicate a time when you take calculated risks, like you're saying, Corinne. This this could be your last bottom opportunity before the bu- real bottom opportunity before the bull run. Um, so, explore new investment ventures or engage in speculative activities that, you know, have the potential to yield returns. But um, mm-hmm. it's also a time where you know because Sagittarius is also associated with speculation it can bring about increased risk taking and impulsiveness in the financial realm so you know like we said there could be some after this full moon we could we're coming into quite a like maybe impulsive bullish time and so it's you know you need to exercise caution evaluate potential risks and make informed decisions um, before engaging in speculative activities and make sure that you're take you're not taking on more risks than
0: you can handle, mm-hmm.
2: that's like key. very important,
0: agreed yep. yeah it's yeah. like a, a great way to look at life. What is your risk to reward for everything that you do investment wise, trading wise, but also like how do you how do you show up? How do you take care of yourself? What's the risk to reward? And that's like back to Pluto energy too of soul evolution. So there's that too. I love
1: that. I think that was one of the biggest like just light bulb moments in my life when during you know going through my trading investing journey and really understanding risk reward and then starting to apply that in every aspect of your of your life, like really weighing up what is this potential risk that i am putting in here for potentially what reward and if your risk reward is not good probably just don't
2: risk it (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. there's a couple of other things happening with pluto as well like we've got pluto conjunct jupiter and pluto Mm -hmm. conjunct mercury as well so you know it's interesting you know pluto also has that psychological emotional impact as well so it's like you know it does give you this transit does give you enough optimism and the kind of thinking that you need to be able to achieve anything that you want Mm -hmm. but if you achieve success at the expense of other people you'll ultimately fail so Mm -hmm. you know doing things with good intentions and you'll be rewarded and will overcome obstacles that you encounter, I think as well so it's like you know we're we're kind of leaving behind that energy that self serving energy, and there's nothing wrong with prioritizing yourself, but not it doesn't need to be at the expense of other people. I think that's like a key thing from this this time as well.
0: And I have a good question. quote from the evolutionary astrology book about Pluto and um Do you mind if I read it? No, please go ahead. Okay. So this is from evolutionary astrology by Jeffrey Wolf green. So from a purely psychological point of view, Pluto correlates to the deepest emotional security patterns in all of us, these security patterns are unconscious. Most of us automatically gravitate to the path of least resistance. The patterns and identity association that are carried over from the evolutionary past are directly linked to the path of least resistance and, therefore, to our security needs at an unconscious level. The past represents familiarity and that which is known. Our lessons or the evolutionary intent described by Pluto's polarity point are not known. They are the unknown, the uncharted. The unknown, as described by our evolutionary intentions, directly challenges that which is known or familiar, and therefore challenges our security at the deepest possible level, the soul, our core. So, Hmm. yeah, so Pluto runs deep, you guys. It's really asking you to know yourself. Like, what are the parts of you that you are not in balance with, that you are ignoring, that you're just running with because it feels good? like, what is that really? Like, I I challenge all of you who are listening to do a deeper inventory of your subconscious patterns of the way you just are in the world. Or you say, that's just how I am. Like, that's how I was raised. Well, go beyond that and break that down a little bit. And I bet you, you could get some incredible evolution and growth. There it might be a little scary, a little dark, a little uncomfortable, but that's the state of the world. So what's macro is micro. What's micro is macro. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I
2: think it also,
0: um,
2: you know, I think that it also really applies to the financial system. Like I think that it's just really sort of important to remember that just because something has worked for a really long time doesn't mean that it's always going to be the same and it's always yeah. going to continue to work. And, you know, I feel like I say this every episode, I'm not saying that it's imminent. I'm not saying that it's going to happen tomorrow, but Things are shifting and changing, and we do have to be prepared for that, um, those shifts and changes. And I I think that Pluto energy just, I think, is just really strong for Bitcoin. Like I said before, it's just very, Bitcoin's so disruptive, and um, we're looking to disrupt old patterns of behavior within ourselves and within the systems that we operate in on the Earth.
1: Yeah, Bitcoin's here. To be the superhero.
0: <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Should we, yeah, should we start to close with the meditation? Lovely, what?
2: love
0: that morning yeah. meditation.
2: I get to go to bed after this nice, relaxing meditation. Right. So nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what came to me during this entire. Um, Uh, recording was the word balance and I like the word balance because when we talk about all of these things that are changing that are shifting uh, shadow work financial shifts corruption woke awakening all the things it's really easy to tap into you know maybe a racing mind or a racing heart and balance is the state of the heart chakra so blood moves to and away from the heart, air is the element of the heart chakra, and we inhale air, and we exhale, and we let it go, so we want to be in a balanced state when we are making any sort of financial decisions, when we are taking a trade, when we're tapping into, you know, an investment strategy or creating one, We want to come from a place of balance and not, absolutely not a place of fear, because you'll get more of that, you'll get a return of fear, and if you come from a place of greed, you're going to get a return of greed, and so with that being said, let's just start by closing the eyes and let's all take a big inhale through the nose and lift the shoulders up to your ears, hold the breath in and then sigh it out through your mouth as you drop the shoulders. And Maybe go ahead and do that one more time so you can feel the weight and worry of your world just drop off of the shoulders. So inhale, go ahead and lift them up to the ears. And the next inhale, drop them down and let the eyes close. Let the jaw relax. Let the shoulders roll down the back. So you're leading with the heart. Palms can be face up. They can be in your lap. They can be face down, really whatever you feel most balanced in. And start to focus on breath, breathing in through your nose and out through your nose. Take several more breaths just like that in through the nose and out through the nose. Tapping into the physical body, the vessel that holds your soul, that holds your five senses, that holds you. And for the next three breaths that you take, I'll ask you to inhale on the count of four or five. And exhale on the count of four or five. So, what we're doing is we're allowing the inhalation to be as long as the exhalation. So, creating balance in the breath. So, it would be like inhaling for one, two, three, four, five, pause. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one, pause. Inhale for one, two, three, four, five. Pause. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one, pause. Inhale for five, or one, two, three, four, five, pause. Exhale for five, four, three, two, one. Pause. Continue to breathe in and out through your nose. You can adopt that rhythmic breath if you would like. Take a moment and observe the self. And start to bring your internal focus or your internal eye to the heart chakra, to the cardiac plexus. And as you continue to breathe on the inhalation, guide the breath up into the heart, visualize the life force of your breath swirling around and through the heart. And exhaling, letting the moment go. And inhaling, letting the breath rise up into the heart, clearing any attachments, clearing any grief, clearing any heaviness or worry, allowing yourself to operate really from a place of intentional balance. And the next several breaths you take into the heart When the inhale is complete and you're at your heart space, visualize a bright green emerald light beaming out from your heart in all directions, in front of you, to the sides of you, behind you. And know that this bright beaming green light, this auric field of your heart, this electromagnetic field of your heart chakra is always beaming and you can lead with that if you'd like to focus on it. And it's the true authentic you in balance. It's always there. So take some more breaths, allowing that breath to rise up from belly to ribs, to chest, swirling around into the heart, really charging this this, up. green auric field of your heart chakra maybe allow a soft smile to come across your face and allow yourself to feel how good this feels to be in touch with your heart to be in touch with your authentic balanced self Several more breaths, being with that. After your last exhalation bring the left hand over the heart and the right hand over the left feeling your heart space, know that this door this portal to the authentic you is always accessible you can open it at any time whenever you're feeling maybe not so balanced go within create your balance visualize this green powerful beam in all directions of you connect to your, your soul, yourself, your higher self. And with that being said, let's all take a big inhale through the nose. Let the shoulders rise up again. Sigh it out through the mouth. Drop the shoulders and your hands. Slowly blink open the eyes. And welcome back. Hmm
2: lovely thank you so much
0: thank you're you welcome so much. thank you guys
2: feel
1: detached and ready to uh go take some trades
0: oh yeah the new york opens in uh 15 minutes
1: 15 minutes that was amazing thank you so much thank you
2: thank you ladies
1: namaste
0: love namaste. Peace, love, and Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope that our discussions about cryptocurrency, trading, the faces of the moon, and spirituality have inspired you to explore these topics further. As always, DYOR, do your own research. Stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off of these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. Until next time, these are your hosts signing off. May the stars align in your favor and your Bitcoin investments prosper. Peace and love and Bitcoin. Namaste.